Hello, just before we start the podcast, I wanted to tell you about something that I am hosting on Sunday the 17th of May at 7.15pm UK time. I am doing a free workshop called Challenging Uncertainty in Property Investment. Seven strategies and processes to keep you moving forward. If you want to join this workshop, I am going to put the link in the show notes below. The link is ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash webinar 170520. Again, I'll put the link below. There's not going to be a replay, so you're going to have to come and watch that live. But you're going to want to stick around because I have an awesome announcement at the end of that workshop. So again, come and join me on Sunday evening for challenging uncertainty in property investment. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Welcome to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host and founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. If you haven't seen it yet, I have got loads of resources, which I want you to go and download. I've got one on COVID-19 and property investment in the UK and COVID-19 and how you should be dealing with that at the moment. So that's ncrealestatemembersclub.com forward slash COVID-19. I'm going to put that in the show notes. And I've also got a master spreadsheet freebie, which I really think that you guys would love. If you go to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash master spreadsheet, that is the only spreadsheet you need to have on your desktop for remote managing of your property portfolios. So if you haven't got that yet either, I'm going to stick that link down below too. So loads of freebies for you guys. So that whilst you're at home, whilst you're still social distancing, because I imagine that even if we go back to things being open, we'll still need to have an element of social distancing, that you will need this to run your property portfolio. So click on my freebies and have them. They are for you. Please make use of them. So today, I'm really excited, back by popular demand. I have Dr. Danielle Lester back with me. And um, if you don't remember, which I hope you all do, back from last year, actually, it will have been almost a year since I've had Danielle on the podcast. Um, Danielle is now a senior teaching fellow of construction management and quantity surveying at Bond University Australia. So hi, Danielle. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Thank you, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad, can't complain at the moment. <laughs> Good, I'm glad to hear it. So, I've just said, since we, I've not had you on the podcast for 12 months, and things have changed, because we are in now completely different continents, whereas before we were both in New York. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it when you until you mentioned that it had been 12 months because, yeah, wow, what a 12 months it has been. Absolutely crazy. I mean, I think the, um, the podcast went out just as I was leaving New York last year yep. um, to just come home, well, go back to the UK, I should say, um, to do my half Ironman race that I trained for. Mm-hmm. And the plan was to then go back to New York and and to continue over there. But whilst I was back in the UK, um, things 
things happened that led me to go, right, that's it, me. I'm done with uh, New York for now. I think uh, I need to um, head back to uh, Australia and try and pursue some, some different goals over there. And basically ended up moving back over here in July last year. Um, started with Bond University uh, in August mm -hmm. last year and basically just finished my second semester with them. Um, I, I can't, I can't, you know, say for one minute that it's been any, anything along the lines of normal because obviously, you know, what is normal anymore? But, um, but yeah, it's been an interesting, an interesting uh, couple of semesters. Um, and to look back and think that I was in New York 12 months ago and, you know, where where New York is at right now is just yeah so I, I I'm thinking of you guys over there all the time you know in terms of dealing with 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 what's happening over there at the moment it's it's um yeah I, I'm I'm fortunate to not be there anymore I'm, I'm glad that I am where I am in the world so mm -hmm. I am actually a bit worried about that in in terms of the fact that We've just, at the time of recording, we've just been told that we're going to be on lockdown until the 15th of May, which is another month where people are going to be out of work, now can't afford to pay healthcare bills, probably can't afford to pay rent. I think we're going to be in a sticky situation when we come out of this. So that's not going to help. I mean, it's awful, the virus, but added pressure of people being not able to afford things is going to start really impacting on people I have to be I'm so grateful that we've got money coming in and business is fine and Chris has got money coming in and our investment properties and our investments are holding up because my gosh I know so many people out here don't have that yeah it's yeah scary. it's um interesting obviously interesting times I know that seems to be like broken record everybody keeps saying the same thing but um it's the first time for somebody like myself who's quite um quite akin to just packing a bag and going where I want to go next I've suddenly for the first time ever just gone no nope, gonna stay here for a while stick with what I've got you know do what do what I can um because um it's just it, yeah it's such uncertainty such insane levels of uncertainty right now mm -hmm. no I completely agree with you I completely agree with you and today we're going to focus on talking about the construction industry as one of the one of the things that I guess actually when I think about it when people ask me about the construction industry and you're you are a complete expert on this people come to me and they talk to me about developments they talk to me about uh, contractors, they talk to me about um, supply trains and all of that, but they don't really term, I use the term construction industry. So I do want to say that we are going to be talking about everything that you guys associate with developments and building things and essentially, you know, construction. That's, that's what we're going to be talking about. And that, that has such a big umbrella of everything that falls underneath it, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're, we're going to talk about that world. But first, you said something really interesting to me. And Danielle and I talk a lot 
usually via Instagram because we follow what each other's doing on on <laughs> posts. You said to me recently, you're trying to set up a collaboration between small restaurant businesses and larger organizations who can help with prep and distribution. So my first question for you, because I was like, wow, that's so interesting. How is it going? And then secondly, do you think that this is how restaurateurs are going to survive in the new normal as we slowly go back to life? Okay, so first I should probably explain where my apparently random thought process has, has, has ended in me trying to help uh, small local businesses. But I guess um, I'd already started looking into um, um, the idea of agribusiness and supply chains um, due to my background in project delivery and my interest in sort of understanding uh, the bigger picture mm-hmm. and uh, I'd, I'd basically um, as I'd got into bed one night looked at a news article as you do um, and I'd not even read the article I'd just read the headline which was um, is this the end of the restaurant industry and my immediate thought was <laughs> where's all the food going where is all the food going right now? There is a time sensitive supply chain that has suddenly just come to a, a grinding halt. Where is all this food going? <laughs> um, bit of a sleepless night thinking about supply chains and how I could get involved and what I could do. Uh, and the next morning on, on, on one of my runs, I started thinking about the fact that I volunteered when I first moved back to Australia with a, uh, a food rescue company who basically um, rescue food from uh, oversupply from supermarkets and um, bring in a a base of volunteers to prepare it into um, meals Mm -hmm. to send to food banks and uh, vulnerable areas in the community. And I thought, well, if they've got capacity to be able to do blast freezing and fast freezing, would it be possible for me to somehow connect local businesses to this facility to um, allow businesses to keep going, but somehow prepare their food in a different way that meant that they could use that facility, then bring it back to um, store and distribute however they wish. Um, I'd even managed to source a couple of sort of um, refrigerated vans to be able to do the logistics of it all. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up speaking to the um, COO of the the organisation called Fair Share, there's a few in Australia, but Fair Share is the one that I um, volunteered with. And um, basically, they are rescuing that much food at the moment that they are at full capacity. They thought it was a great idea and that it was something they would love to look at in the future. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, great news that you guys are at full capacity and, and able to continue working and able to continue supplying food to the, to the, the vulnerable um, but they also tried to connect me with somebody more local to me because I'm sort of, I, I'm not in Brisbane anymore. I'm, I'm on the, bo- I'm on the uh, border of New South Wales and Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a bit closer down to, towards sort of Byron Bay, if anyone's familiar with the area. Um, and there's a number of food processors down there that I've been trying to get in contact with to see if it's possible to still do something a bit more localised to this area. Um, and, and that's all sort of, um, I guess that's sort of all part of my new remit and my, my sort of desire to try and help people collaborate 
and bringing people together. And, and um, I know I've started to um, pop some, you know, little tasters out there at the moment for this new business, or I say business, this new um, platform that I'm trying to launch that helps uh, people collaborate. Um, it's essentially, that's exactly what it is at the moment. It's just a platform, a, a platform that allows people to get in contact with me um, to either collaborate with me mm-hmm. um, or for, to help to, for me to help them find collaborators for them to work with. Or, and, and also I'm working on um, collaboration training or collaboration coaching, I should say. So this is one of those small scale um, sort of ventures that could essentially lead to much bigger things. Mm-hmm. But with the, with the sort of additional learning I've been doing on the side in terms of agribusiness and understanding food supply chains, um, it sort of allows me to use my skills that are, uh, you know, the, the project delivery, the land economics, the, the supply chain management, all of that kind of stuff, but use it in a different, in a different area, basically, to, to, I guess, in a bit more of a meaningful and useful way during this, this, this time of, of craziness. Mm-hmm. And so do you hope that it then will keep every, all businesses who are involved in the supply chain going and a way of keeping their food in circulation? Is that the end yeah, well, yeah, it's it's a case of you know keeping these small businesses operational, but also allowing them to just keep that that supply chain active, mm-hmm. um, to keep some some part of the economy going, um, because it because it's so because it's so time sensitive and and the idea of of you know significant am- amounts of waste right now is just is just crushing and. Um, just trying to being able to connect the people that need to be connected um and uh, you know there's a part of me that thinks yeah i'm not i'm not a, an expert in the in the sort of hospitality industry and i'm sure these people there's a lot of people that that have already thought this through but i should imagine there's also a lot of people who are currently going through massive amounts of of anxiety and panic about how to keep their businesses going because because they're not used to dealing with such sort of um critical incidents and, and, and crises that, that just cause them to completely need, need to completely change the way they think about how they do business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's super exciting. And I'm sure, will you be keeping us up to date on social media for anybody who's... Absolutely, absolutely yeah. Okay, so guys, I'm going to put a link to Danielle's social media. If you've not already started following her, please do um, so that you can keep up to date because I think that's going to be a really exciting initiative and I'm looking forward to seeing how that develops. Yeah, it's called it's called um, PS2, which is Problem Shared, Problem Solved. Ooh. So share and solve is the, uh, is the new mantra. I like it. I like it a lot. And it's something as well that you could do across the globe because this is going to drag on and on and on, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my even within the sort of, even within the built environment, my network, because of my background, you know, we've talked about this before, my background in, in valuation and then my background in construction and then civil engineering, you know, I, I, I essentially have an incredibly large network um, within the built environment and that's now starting to spread to other industries yeah so um 
So, I mean, I had a conversation briefly with my PhD advisor, who's the head of civil over at UCL in London, um, who happened to mention that his brother is the assistant director general at the Food and Agriculture Organization of the UN. So I said, oh, can you put us in contact? That'd be great. <laughs> so I'm waiting to hear back from him at the moment uh, to see what kind of work can be done, because I just think at the moment, I, I need to be doing something more meaningful and something more useful with my skills. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that, not, that, not that education isn't meaningful and useful, but um, I just think with my problem solving sort of um, capabilities, I, 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 I feel, I, I'm feeling, and that's a challenge for me at the moment, I'm feeling particularly um, underutilised Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to put my hand up to everybody that I know in industry and going, I can help, I can help, give me something to do, I can help. Yeah. <laughs> keep you busy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling, I'm the same, but then I get in danger of putting my hand up for too many things. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk a bit about construction, if you don't mind? There are some burning things that we need to cover, and I want to get your take on where we think the industry is going because you also see it from many different points of view. So you wrote an article for the RICS, and I'm going to put that link below. Danielle's written loads of articles. So if you I, if you Google Danielle, and Danielle, I Googled you to like see your articles, and they all just come up. So guys, Google away. Danielle's got a lot of great stuff out there, but I'm going to put this particular link in the, um, in the show notes below and any others that are relevant as well. Um, And in that article, you said that you're concerned that technology is preventing us from talking, which can escalate disputes. And of course, we are in a situation where now technology is the only way that we are talking to each other. There's none of this face-to-face stuff. How do you see COVID-19 impacting this? What do you see is going to happen with construction disputes and the, the industry going forward? Um, I think I think there's a couple of different sort of separate sort of responses there. I mean, it, it, as a whole, technology at the moment is is uh, uh, you know it's it's at the forefront of everything, and um, it's 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 shining a light on our communication skills and our communication sort of capabilities. Um, it's highlighting flaws, it's highlighting positive things. Um, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, it's not just the case of technology that's that's suddenly just, everybody suddenly just had to stop and, and rethink and, you know, adjust their way of thinking. Um, but that has definitely happened, I think, in terms of people, using their devices in a different way now. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that has, what kind of an impact that will have on the construction industry um, it will, will remain to be seen. Um, I am not optimistic about it transforming the industry because I think they've been, uh, construction the construction industry has uh, it's the it's the sort of industry that's never changed 
mm-hmm. and most resistant to change. And um, I think that, you know, it, because the way everything's going at the moment, things will slow down, but then I think they will just go back to exactly, exactly how they were before. Exactly how they were before. And I mean, you know, I, I could be um, making a fool of myself for making that comment right now and somebody could replay this back to me in, in 12 months' time and go, ha-ha, you were wrong, Dr. Lester. But um, but I, I just don't see... Um, I, I, I see the, uh, the construction industry as being so resistant to change <laughs> um, and particularly the adoption of technology, you know... Um, we, we've sort of started having the conversation at, at, the, at our university about how um, BIM is going to be superseded um, by other technologies, you know, because it was so slow to be adopted and almost didn't really take off um, that, that it's going to be superseded by other technologies now that are available and other platforms. And, and you just think, yeah, okay, that's, that's totally plausible. Um, can you go into in- BIM? Can you go into BIM for everybody who doesn't know what BIM is? Oh, uh, well, I'm not an expert in BIM. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but <laughs> building information modelling. Mm-hmm. So um, you, the use of basically different platforms, are, and I don't want to go into it too much because I'm going to get somebody going, no, you're wrong. <laughs> um, but um, basically modelling out um, construction projects with a number of different inputs that allow you to uh, address conflicts, um, review schedules, budgets, mm-hmm. um, resources, uh, you know, in one in one place, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's my that's my definition of BIM. <laughs> Moving <laughs> that's, on. That's a, that's a good one because I'm over here. The scar right here does not do construction in the slightest. So you do need to put these things in layman's terms. And I know I get asked about that. And I am even farther behind the car- curve on construction than you are. So <laughs> you are... <laughs> this is where we are with it. <laughs> That's why I'm asking you. Yeah. So, um, I mean, what do you think is going to happen to the construction industry over the coming months? Um, at the moment, sites are empty. Like Sites really are empty. I've seen a couple of buildings out here in New York where they're under the cover of hoarding, pretending like no yeah. one's doing anything, but they're still working. Um, the clock is ticking as well on how long insurers will allow sites to be left like this. I think it's 90 days before they become uninsured. What, where are we going? What do you think the problems are go- that are going to arise are going to be? And can they? Can the industry come back? Like, where are we going? I think um, at the moment, we are dealing with something that we have never dealt with before. And at every step of the chain, there is... A, a, a much needed change in the way we think about everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if insurers think that they can continue to um, um, apply the same rules they have in place as if 
you know, as if not as if this were normal and and almost not not expected, but um, written the rule book somewhere that this was once going to happen, then I think um, I, I think I don't even know whether it's right to say I think they're going to have a shock, but. I think that, that we need to be incorporating flexibility into so much at the moment. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying we just change the way we do business entirely, but so much is on the table. So much has changed. There is so much uncertainty that um, you wonder whether it's going to change the way those that interact with the insurers and those that need the insurance will um, will look for insurance in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this this whole sort of power power to the people thing that, that that people keep mentioning. You know, when it comes to community and collaboration and people actually getting together and saying, "No, hang on a minute, we're not prepared as a as an industry to accept these rules anymore and to accept this way of working." Then I think there's a certain there's a, there's a significant level of strength in that argument to go to the insurers and um, you know challenge mm-hmm. the, the wholly unreasonable um, sort of uh, rules that they're putting in place mm-hmm. in terms that they're putting in place. So um, I think that that now is a time for uh, it's, it, it, you're dealing with that sort of binary level um, or polarized level of people like you know. Um, reverting back into their caves and going, let me just stay here, let me just stay safe, uh, versus the, the guys that are out there with their, you know, um, armor on, going, no, nope, I'm going to challenge this and I'm going to fight it and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going with this until I get the response that I think I deserve because we are, you know, um, we're dealing with such such crazy levels of, 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 of things we've never dealt with before. So let me give it a go. Let me see how far I can go with this challenge. Mm, mm. I know that probably sounded a little bit sort of um, philosophical, but uh, I guess that's the way I look at things at the moment. Um, I think you've really got to be able to take a step out of the day-to-day um, interactions and the day-to-day transactions and just go, hang on a minute, no, this is, uh, this is going to change a lot it, it, it probably it, it, it is going to change the bigger things rather than the, than, the, than the day-to-day operations I think. Can I ask you a question that wasn't on our list but I've just thought of it as yes. for a project management side of things how would you if you were on it if you were running a construction job right now what would you be doing what would how would you be changing what would you be thinking about what would be the things that were at the top of your list um making sure that my um staff and my um workers and my laborers and everybody that was involved in the project was safe and well and had everything they needed mm-hmm. uh, um, whilst also um developing strategies to um challenge the onslaught of whatever the proverbial shit show will be once things become operational again. Um, I think that we, you know, we have to be sort of sensible about these things um, and you have to be able to turn around to a client and say, I'm not putting my workers at risk 
you know, um, because it's not just about the transmission of, of, of a potential virus, but it's to do with the fact that people's minds are not in the game 100% right now. Um, um, you know, people are, everybody is dealing with a, a different level of anxiety to what they're normally dealing with or just anxiety that they've never dealt with before. Um, so, you know, health and safety, for example, is, is, a, is a major concern because, you know, you don't want people on site whose minds are thinking about, um, rightly so, thinking about their own futures, their own families, you know, to, to my, for their minds to wander and then have an accident on site just because we've got a deadline to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously there's other, there's other needs when it comes to PPE um, yep. that mean that, you know, um, certain roles are a bit more restricted on site. Um, and it's just, uh, it, it's, it's wholly unreasonable to, to expect people to be acting as normal and building things as normal during this time. Mm-hmm. Do you think, it, is it having an effect on the supply chain as well? Would you, and I have no idea, I know for a fact that at the moment you can't get kitchens and bathrooms, but that's mainly because the suppliers are closed. Um, but do you think globally this is going to have an impact, in which case are we all going to start seeing a problem going forward? Yes, yeah, so... so I guess where I am at Bond University, um, we have a, a significant number of Chinese students in our cohort. Mm-hmm. And so, so we've been sort of tackling this since early January uh, when, our, when our semester started again. Um, and one of my classes is, is project delivery systems. And we had a discussion in class about the impact that everything was going to have on, on supply chains. And at the time, nothing was being uh, spoken about. There was no conversation happening on LinkedIn or, or any of the other platforms about, you know, has anybody thought about the, the impact on the supply chain? Because of so, the amount of not just direct products coming out of China, but... Um, uh, you know, ancillary products like the packaging and, and all the other items that, that were just going to come to a standstill. And, and now looking at the impact that it's had globally and the, the movement of goods is, is just, is just mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been reading a lot of articles about, um, or I say I've been reading, I've, I've seen a lot of articles my ability to read an, art, an article in full at the moment is, is, you know, anything over a two-minute read, I'm like, no, brain's at capacity. But um, the, the amount of conversation going on about deglobalization and, you know, um, nations and countries going back to, you know, just looking after their own coming out of this should be quite interesting. The, I mean... Again, without getting too philosophical, the 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 um, I've been watching the news feeds from the UK, Australia, and the US um, because that's where basically all my friends are situated. And you know, everybody's got the same sort of well, apart from the US, maybe everybody's got the same sort of um, narrative, which is we all need to stick together. We're in this together. We're community. We you know, as as a general mm-hmm. public, we all need to sort of be there for each other 
But then you're thinking, well, we're looking at all our global leaders and they're all not agreeing on things at the moment. And they're all, you know, are they all going to get together and, and agree on things? And, you know, <laughs> I'm not being naive in, in, in um, expecting that, but you just think, you know, whereas when things were up and running as normal, you could almost, you could choose to ignore the government and you could ignore politics. Yeah. Right now, everything's on loudspeaker. Yeah. Um, so, so every move that every country makes at the moment is, is going to have a significant impact um, on future uh, trade and, and, and um, exports and imports. And yeah, it's, it'd be interesting to see where this sort of, um, supply chain uh management ends up it's i don't have answers really no. i just have i just have sort of as with everything i do i just generate more questions because i want people to think about it yep yep and and knowing that at some point you have to go back on your building site you have to start your development again and try and find the materials that you need and it will be fine if you're using local materials but if you're using imported materials it could be difficult which means that i guess for the sake of the uk a lot of what they've been talking about is the fact that they do want to use domestic product products which would be really great for people who are producing it but it's not the cheapest and so could you keep your site your construction project in the price that you set for it without going over the contingencies. I, I wonder about that as well. And there's only so long that your finance isn't going to call in their lending for, you know, you're going to have to start paying your interest at some point. You're going to have to pay that back. And it may, I don't necessarily think that this is going to have the knock on effect at the end of when we come out of lockdown I think this is going to be delayed like 12 months, 18 months when people have to start thinking about repaying this. That's my only concern. Yeah. Um, there's some really innovative thinking required right now, really innovative. And, um, you know, considering the, the lack of innovation I've experienced in the past, of, of construction projects just sort of um, pushing through to get completed, um, it does concern me that that you know it's going to break some people. Like I said, because of the you know the extenuating sort of um, mental health issues that that are, people are dealing with at the moment, uh, it could it could end up breaking quite a few few people, especially if they're in a supply chain or, or a, a hierarchy of, of people who really don't understand the impact of, of, of the decisions they're making. And I mean, you know, like I said, everything is on loudspeaker at the moment. And, and, and you know, we're all witnessing both incredible and outrageous leadership. And it's, It's, I just hope that people are able to uh, remember, remember things moving forward and remember you know, how they th felt, what they thought uh, during this period of time to be able to apply those 
those changes, those much needed changes to to the way we we continue to work in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw an article on the BBC website the other day that said, it, rightly so, it said that you know they're expecting a lot of the NHS to be uh, dealing with PTSD in the future, and without trying to sound too dramatic and you know extreme, I think the the majority of society will be dealing with some level of PTSD coming out of this. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of developing new behaviours and, and, uh, and, and new habits, it doesn't take that long. And, you know, in terms of simple things like leaving the house and going to the supermarket, um, I know that there's different situations in different countries, but... Um, that level of anxiety of just seeing another person in the street and then being too close to you is something that will have a lasting impact. Yes, and people are going to want to stay in the safety of their homes. And how do we yeah. how do we change jobs around that? I mean, that's it's it's a it's a minefield. But it, it is the minute you step out your door, it's anxiety producing. I know that um, in New York we have to wear face coverings now. And I went out with the wrong face covering the other day. So I put a woolly, like a woolly thing around my face. And I actually just completely not appreciated. I'm quite allergic to wool, but it was the only thing that I could, I could grab at the time. And so I'm like itching my face and then I can't breathe properly. And so I'm having like a mini panic attack. And I'm like, I can't do this. This can't be the sign that I'm going outside. So I've had to try and makeshift other things because you cannot get the face masks in the pharmacy or anywhere unless you want to pay $82 a pack. No. Wow. Yeah. So it's, I mean, luckily I don't dwell on things like that, but people not sleeping and having nightmares. And I certainly have that from time to time. So I think it's going to really, really impact I mean, it's not even just the construction industry, it's not the property industry. This is a global what's going to happen. And the other, th- the other thing, that people are dying and you can't, do, you can't go and see people, you know, family members and what have you. And yeah. I mean, I've definitely found that hard because you have to just, what can you do? Yeah, yeah. Um... I know that my when I spoke to my um, my PhD advisor, um, I should stop calling him that. Really, it, I, I graduated three years ago, and he's now just he's my mentor. Mm-hmm. Fine. <laughs> but um, I spoke to him um, recently, and he's he's quite the global traveller. And one of the first things he had to do was try and cancel twenty eight flights. <laughs> so so he couldn't. Uh, because most companies are just giving flight credit, aren't mm-hmm. they? Um, so, so he's now sort of um, twenty-eight flights down, <laughs> and I think he's 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 been made to stay in one place for the, I think he said for the longest time he has in the last twenty years. <laughs> so, so he's struggling, but um, but yes, the, the, you know the, the movement of um, people and. I'm supposed to be going back to the UK in July for a wedding. That's not going to happen now. And um, uh, just, yeah, this, that, you know, everyone's sort of sleep patterns are all out the window. And as much as we're trying to keep structure in our days, 
for the last two nights now, um, this morning I was woken up at 4am by one of my sisters um, testing the group call facility on WhatsApp. Um, so I was like, I was grateful for that mm-hmm. uh, at 4am this morning. And the morning before, I'd had a call from a friend in New York at 2.30am because she didn't know what the time difference was in Australia either. And I was, it's lovely that people are checking on me, but there's there's a way of checking the um, the time difference, people. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just test it. Yeah. Oh, just call down in Australia. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. We are, and it's and the thing is as well. It's I find that either I can think about it really deeply and get very overwhelmed by it, or just not just that happens out there and in here I'm safe yeah yeah no I get it I get it um the 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 other thing that it's highlighting is uh I mean going back to what we started talking Mm. about was the people's ability to communicate um some of the communication I've been getting from various places um you know I realize that people have some form of legal obligation that they need to put certain things in a, in a, in a, some, you know, in their communication. But just think about if you're trying to communicate important points, you know, sending a two page, a 2000 word email is, is not going to, you know, people aren't going to be reading it beyond the second paragraph probably at the moment. Um, and I, I posted something on Facebook recently. This was at the beginning of, at the beginning of the sort of, kick off of things here in Australia where every day the sort of social distancing rules were changing and it was a woman basically repeating everything that the Prime Minister had said you know one thing after another which was one and a half meters apart then you've one person per four square meters then um, five people at a funeral ten people at a wedding and it was just it was just insanity so um, I think people's ability to communicate um, effectively right now is, is is also, you know, in the limelight. That's a really good point. And doing it so concisely, because you're right, all of these rules and regulations that we've got going on are just mind-blowing, like absolutely mind-blowing. And do you know what? I used to think I was really good at measuring things. I actually can't remember how long a six foot is. That's not six foot. That's not six foot. But... <laughs> That's just as wide as the screen. Um, but it's tough, isn't it? Like, And then yeah. thinking, oh, my God, someone's just come too close to me. You know, some people are saying to me, I've been jumping into bushes. Okay, I'm not jumping into any bushes. Um, but, yeah, in industry, or when you're talking to people, it's got to be simple. You know, just, just convey the simple things. I, this week... One of my friends is dealing with the fact that her landlord's agent was trying to evict her for not paying six months' rent up front next week. Wow. And then she'd said it in the most long-winded way. And I was talking to my members' club members about this because um, they always said to me, Natasha, you never lose. You never seem like you're upset. You're always really happy. I, <laughs> and I'm usually fine, perfectly happy. But I, I just... I had to phone this woman up on behalf of my friend. My friend was so anxious and just 
she lives on her own, she's social isolating, she's been social isolating for weeks, and then you receive a, a letter this long saying, I'm going to kick you out of your home. I just, I just phoned her up and I said, it's just not okay. You can't, it's harassment yeah. at this point. You know, if just, just say what, you know, she's offered you a month, she'll pay her rent monthly, just accept it up until the point that lockdown's over, and then have a conversation where people can actually converse with you and think like a regular regularly like they used to just don't put pressure on people and we need that industry-wide yeah absolutely like i said we need to we need to be um creating as much flexibility as possible right now mm-hmm. and that needs to be at every level of the industry every every discipline of the industry you know how do you we're supposed to be a collaborative industry and 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 uh, you know this is going to highlight whether we are or not. How do you see it going with um, skills across the industry? With I know you've talked before about skill shortages, and I know I don't know whether your university is worrying. My university seemingly is worrying that they might not have as many students take up their courses next year, which of course would mean that um, there's not as many qualified professionals in the industry. Where do you see this going? Do you see this having a knock-on Im- impact? Uh, yes, I think that um, education, especially as it's sort of going towards, I say going towards, as it's being launched into globally, you know, online and remote delivery, um, I think it's going to highlight, again, just how capable um, institutions are of um, being um, creative and innovative with their assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, accreditation bodies are going to have to um, become equally as innovative and open-minded and flexible. Um, but at the same time, um, what what is going to be created could be recreated in in industry in 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 the private sector okay mm-hmm. so the education really needs to be able to partner with some really good production um companies to be able to produce some really good high quality stuff otherwise you know industry will just train themselves train themselves create their own um um platforms create their own um education systems basically mm-hmm. yeah. so um it's it's yeah that that's something I've, I've thought about in terms of it really interesting as to where this is going to go because we're already getting um a number of students saying well i'm just going to defer this semester because i i think that the, the quality of education is going to be quite poor um whereas um you know, in reality, it's probably not going to be that different. It's just going to be a different format. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of the time frame in which we've got to turn our um, semester, our, our um, program into um, remote delivery, um, means that it, it, you know, the first couple of weeks are very much going to be suck it and see. And, and you know, there needs to be flexibility. People need to um, change their expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are. We're the same. Well, I teach at an online university, so all of our online things um, are staying the same. If you would believe, 
we were still doing exams and exam centres around the world, even though we're an online university. Um, and that's come to an abrupt halt. And actually, we're not going back to exams after this. No more exams. Now that they've um, been able to change very rapidly within the space of three weeks to um, all of our... And this is public knowledge. So if I've got students listening to this and you don't know this... Like, <laughs> This shouldn't be new. Um, we are our exam papers that were we did set for the end of the semester um, are going to be open book exams, and our students are going to have seven days to do the op- the exam. And then, as of next semester, we go into we're going to do two assessments per module, but they're going to be case studies divided into two. So the first of the module module will be a case study for the. For on the first topics and the second half of the module will be case studying the second topics in an, in a bid to make us industry relevant yeah I, I think it's really interesting I mean like I said I've only done two semesters now with Bond but um, a lot of the questions I didn't realize just how much flexibility I had at NYU until I got to Bond um, where things were far more regulated and far more um, uh, you know, moderated and, and monitored. Um, and a lot of the questions I asked about wanting to change some of the things in the programs in the lead up to this crisis were very much rigid. No, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. And we can't do that. Whereas now we've been changing things within a matter of 48 hours, Yeah. you know, to go from exams to uh, some form of uh, yeah. alternative assessment. Um, so it's really highlighting the fact that in, we can actually make yeah. these changes if we have to. So let's be a bit more open-minded when it comes to, you know, innovative solutions and, 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 and making changes to um, challenging the fact that we need to make changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's going to be for the better. So final question. Obviously, we're dealing with a global pandemic. It's all we hear. It's all we talk about. And we have to deal with it because our industry is going through it. How do you see this impact in the industry long term? If you had a crystal ball right now, we can only speculate. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wow, that's a big one. (laughs) (laughs) um what do you hope what do you hope the positives are going to be from it i hope that it's going to um force people not force people because you don't want to force collaboration but (laughs) but um encourage people to collaborate more yeah you know and 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 seek common goals um uh, and, and and seek success together because you know we're all trying to do the same things. Yes, there is a certain element of competition um, that is what sort of drives our industry. But at the same time, um, you know, the basic basic human needs are being highlighted right now as well, which is something that that we provide as part of our industry. So, so the you know from from all the way from the financing through to the actual building of of homes, for example, we really need to rethink what we're doing and how we're doing it Um, and and, and, and work in a far more collaborative manner. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
you know, I know we've talked about it in the past about sort of game playing and, you know, um, people just, you know, keep holding all their cards to their chest and, 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 and not being forthcoming with information when, when that's exactly what's required right now. We're all, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. Another, um, you know, popular phrase that's being used at the moment. We are all in the same boat and we all need to um, come out of this together. And um, we're a very, um, I'm not sure what the right word is to use anyway for the, for the industry that, that isn't inappropriate, but um, we're an industry where we all move around within each other's companies anyway. Yeah. So everybody knows each other's tactics, everybody knows each other's game plans. So, so, so why can't we just work together in a far more collaborative manner? If that makes me sound like some kind of come by our moment, then, then, then so be it. But we absolutely need to work together in a, in a, in a, in a better way. Yeah. 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 I agree. I, if that comes out, we communicate with each other. We're open with each other. We're more honest with each other. We get things done together. Like that for me, it's so important and we'd get, the industry would move forward really quickly. We'd bounce back from wherever we came from, wherever we're going over the next couple of weeks, we'd get back to where we are. And we, and you're right, going back to a much earlier point we made in this podcast, we do need to band together and the things that maybe we'll, the industry will be struggling with, if everybody gets on board and helps one another out. Hopefully. I think, I think one of the other major things to come out of all of this is people's perception of risk, um, you know, I'm hoping that this, this whole in, sort of incident will, will make people really challenge their own thoughts on risk mm -hmm. and what is realistic and what is, what is possible and what is achievable um, because that's, um, you know, whilst people have been able to sort of um, get by by winging it, to some extent in a lot of cases that that's just not happening right now so um people's perception of risk might change significantly um again you might end up with the polarized view of people being far more cautious to people being far more willing to throw it throw everything down on the table um but i think that people's approach to risk will 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 change coming out of this this crisis mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on that note Thanks, Danielle, for coming on the podcast today. I've enjoyed our conversation. Yeah. I hope everybody else has enjoyed it too. If you have, please make sure that you like, you review this, you give this really good five-star review because it helps other people see this podcast. That If you do nothing else, please rate and review this podcast because that helps it get out to so many more people who would also benefit from it. I'm going to put Danielle's information in the show notes below. Remember the freebies are down there as well. And make sure you're all staying safe and healthy. And I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.